last Sunday's readings reminded us of eternity and our preparation for eternity. This Sunday's readings also prepare us for eternity, which we just heard in these parables and the explanations thereof uh, by Jesus given in the Gospel today. I want to, in this homily, talk about the first few sentences of today's Gospel as well as the first couple of sentences from our second reading. So the disciples are gathered around Jesus. Jesus says to them, Do not be afraid any longer, little flock. You can imagine you know, being one of the disciples. I guess imagine you just being yourself. All the fears and struggles that you and I go through from day to day, from week to week. We have different fears of different sorts. And Jesus says, Do not be afraid any longer, little flock. For your Father is pleased to give you the kingdom. The kingdom he's referring to is the kingdom of heaven. The Father is pleased to give us the kingdom of heaven assuming that we say yes to it. And then he continues. He says, Sell your belongings. You might be thinking, well, if I wasn't afraid before, I'm afraid now. (laughs) Sell your belongings and give alms. There are certain people whom God has called to sell everything that they have, to give it away and to join then a community that, that provides for them or reaches out to the community, and it's the community that provides for them. I think of my oldest sister, Sister Michelle Marie, who's in the community of St. John, the contemplative branch, and then our very own sister here, Sister Anne Ducard, who's also at the, the community of St. John, but in the apostolic branch. They don't own anything, not even their toothbrush. The toothbrush is provided for by the community. We even think of the Benedictines in our own diocese, when Father Boniface or another priest from the Abbey comes and celebrates Mass here, we as a parish write out a check, not to the priest, but to the Abbey. And it's the Abbey who, who has all the, the, uh, the belongings. No individual owns everything or even a part of it. Jesus is not telling everyone, though, to sell your belongings and give, give alms. But what he's saying, what he's saying is, as I mentioned last night, to be detached from everything. We know that Jesus had two close, or three close friends, Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. They had their own house. They had their own belongings. They provided for Jesus when he came by. Jesus did not command them to sell everything, but he commanded others, the apostles, to sell everything. Yet he commands all of us to be detached from everything we have. For being detached from our belongings, it, first of all, it makes it easier for us to die. We're not hanging on to the stuff that passes away. But we hang on to that which is eternal. We hang on to, to that which lasts forever. In our second reading, in our second reading we hear from St. Paul to the Hebrews talking about the great gift of faith. He says, Faith is the realization of what is hoped for and evidence of things not seen. He's speaking about the theological virtue of faith. This faith, this belief, which we profess every Sunday. There's the profession of faith, which we're going to to recite here in just a few moments. And then, of course, there's the mystery of faith, referring to the Holy Eucharist. Without the theological virtue of faith, we, we don't believe in God, neither do we believe in the Holy Eucharist. 
This last week I was in Minnesota, in Minneapolis. I went down for the Supreme Convention by the Knights of Columbus. After that, I went to see one of my older sisters, Lynette, and her husband, Anjay. When I was leaving Friday morning, Anjay said, you got to stop at this coffee shop. There's this really, really good um, coffee shop. I think it's called Limu. He said, you got to stop there and ask just for the plain coffee. It's super delicious. And he gives me then directions of how to get to this coffee shop. I trusted Anjay. I had faith in Anjay that what he was telling me was true. So I left, and then I went out to the coffee shop. It was right next to the post office, as he said. I got my cup of coffee, and I went on a long drive back to, to Kilder. It was good coffee. Because I had faith in Anjay, I was able to find the location as well as receive the coffee. But listen to this. Faith is the realization of what is hoped for and evidence. Faith is evidence of things not seen. I hadn't seen that coffee shop, nor had I tasted the coffee. But because I had trust in Anjay, even though I hadn't seen it yet, there was evidence that that coffee shop was real and that there was good coffee there, according to Anjay. And then when I went there, it was exactly as he said. Faith in God is the realization of what is hoped for. We hope for heaven, but also, listen to this, faith is the evidence of things not seen. How many of you have seen God? None of us have seen God in his divinity. We haven't. Even in his humanity, we have not seen him. Yet we believe in God. Yet we believe in Jesus because of the evidence that has been shown to us. Not just historical evidence, but evidence in our own lives. Two, two or three weeks ago, a number of statistics came out regarding Catholics given by the Pew Survey. It's a secular survey system, but they did this one particular on Catholics. The question that was asked in the survey is whether the person believed in the real presence, believed that Jesus is truly present in Holy Communion. That was the question that was, that was asked. And then there were some series of other questions. I won't go into all of them right now. I'll give a later homily on it. Of all Catholics, 70-some percent said they did not believe that the bread and wine, which is in the back of the church right now, becomes the body and blood of Christ. They said they do not believe that. Seventy-some percent. Of those that come to Mass every week or more, sixty-some percent believe in the real presence. Which means, if these statistics are true, that 30% of us at Mass right now do not believe that the bread and wine, which is in the back of church right now, when brought forward and the words of Jesus Christ are said over it, 
30-some percent do not believe that that becomes Jesus. This is Catholics, by the way. I hope that it's, I hope it's higher than 60-some percent here at St. Joseph's and Kilder, but I don't know. One could go into all the, the reasons why this is this way, why most Catholics don't believe in the real presence. I'll go into that at a later time. But to, to guess, I would say there's two things. First of all, those that do not regularly come, well, they don't know much about it. Maybe they were baptized as a baby and they were never brought to church by their parents. But I think a worse reason is us priests. We priests. Don't all believe in the real presence. There's always a Judas in the group. But not only that, those, those priests that do believe in the real presence don't always act like they believe in the real presence. Those Catholics who believe in the real presence or say they do don't always act like it's truly Jesus that they're receiving. go into this more, but I won't at this time. When the priest says, the mystery of faith, he's referring to this great sacrament, this great mystery before all of us that has been just transformed from bread and wine into the God of the universe, the one who created us. And we then receive him in Holy Communion. The necessary strength to live out our week. The necessary strength to get to heaven. There's two graces I would like you to pray for at this Mass. First of all, pray for, the, pray for greater faith in the real presence of Jesus. Second of all, and I'll get to it here in a moment, when Anji told me that there was the coffee shop down the road and that it was good, I could have believed him and then came to Killer North Dakota by a different road. Completely ignored the coffee shop. I could have done that. The second grace to pray for is this, that we may live out what we believe. That we may live out in our lives, in our week, in our day-to-day, -day, what we believe. Namely, that our God is here in this church right now in the tabernacle. But keep this in mind. We believe that Jesus is truly present in the tabernacle right now under what looks like bread because he is trustworthy. Because we believe in the historical fact that God became one of us. If God, if God became one of us in the man Jesus Christ and we believe that we must believe everything that he said. But if we don't believe in the Holy Eucharist, we also then have to throw out the evidence of God becoming one of us. But not just that. It destroys our whole world. We can no longer then believe in the evidence of the pharaohs in Egypt. 
the history in China, the history in South, South America. We can't believe any of that because the evidence for Jesus is almost a thousand times more than it is for all the other history of humanity. Faith is the realization of what is hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So let's pray for those two graces, greater faith in the real presence and in the ability to live it out in our lives.